watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit. DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, and the catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me want to shout. Allen looks to his left, fires left side. In going to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Road. Heard on 96.5 FM. Heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing. ESPN app. All great ways to take in the program, but there is a better way, friends. That is QSportsTalk.com. A fantastic place uh, on the internet. There are lots of places on the internet, but at QSportsTalk.com, you get the visual representation of the show. You will see that I am doing a radio program while also watching the Ryder Cup at the same time. Uncle Brent can multitask. You can chat throughout the program, and you uh, get your own show, if you will, and the radio audience goes to commercial breaks. You do not at QSportsTalk.com. Friday night's a great night for football, friends. So uh, what we're going to do here, uh, putting in some overtime, going to be here until 7 o'clock tonight. Whoa, baby. Paulie Sibili is getting a bill from me. So we will be here until 7 o'clock. At 7, we will kick it up to the quad where Stephen Fonte and Super Bowl champion James Mungro will take you right until kickoff. During the game. Rumor has it that one Thomas Hogan will be hanging out on QSportsTalk.com, watching the game live. We've got cameras at some uh, local establishments, the Wildcat Pizza Pub and Heritage Hill Brew House, and kind of see what fans are doing on a Friday night. Going to be all fired up for that one. Post game to follow on the radio and at QSportsTalk.com. So a full night of coverage on the way for Syracuse and Liberty. Here in this first hour, uh, we are going to talk about Syracuse Liberty. We'll touch on a couple of other things. Brian Drake will join us for our usual Friday fantasy football segment. Get a little into the Yankees and Red Sox and the Ryder Cup. Just kind of do like a normal first hour of the show. At 5 o'clock, we'll, uh, we'll change the sign on the door, and it will become Syracuse football pregame, presented by Ferron and Son Funeral Home, Pathfinder Bank, and Amtrak. So you're certainly welcome to join the conversation talk some Syracuse football, start to preview that game. We're four hours from kickoff, and as we will get into here shortly, weird things happen on Friday nights at the Carrier Dome. There's always a juice and a buzz and an interest and a energy when there's a Friday night game in the Dome. So we will certainly get into that throughout the afternoon, so kick back, relax, and enjoy the show, as the fancy thing says. I haven't been to a movie in a long time. They still play those things before movies, you know. Kick back and relax. 
enjoy the show. That's what we're going to do for you this afternoon. And if you want to join the party, 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, or as mentioned, the live chat flowing on QSportsTalk.com. Opine as much as you'd like. This football game comes down to how Syracuse defends Malik Willis. Shout out to our friend uh, Christian Guzman from NoonsMagician.com. I thought he wrote a really interesting piece today that kind of demonstrates that one of the big questions in the game tonight, and we asked a couple of people about this during the week that, that cover Liberty. You're going to hear uh, from one of them later this afternoon, Nick Pierce, who's on uh, the Liberty Radio Network and watches Malik Willis game in and game out. And I think everybody's got a different perspective on this. We talked to Chris Trapasso earlier this week, who's an NFL draft analyst. So you come at it from that way. There are a lot of NFL personnel in town. Going to be a lot of NFL scouts in the building tonight. They'll be focused on Willis, but they may take a look at this Mikel Jones kid and say, ooh, what do we got here? Not that he's not on their radar already. These guys get on radars very early, right? You don't show up to games and not know a player once in a while somebody will pop and you'll kind of be more interested in them. But, you know, NFL scouts are good at what they do and kind of identifying the players they have to watch, the cities and games they have to go to. But Christian wrote a great piece that highlights how Mikel Jones is going to have to spy Malik Willis and how he's facing a real player there. Willis is an extraordinary talent, and I am not going to try and knock him off a perch here. He's extraordinary in terms of how he moves, keeps plays alive, throw it on the run. He's hard to tackle. There's a reason he's getting all this NFL draft buzz that he is. But I think we have seen Syracuse play some pretty good quarterbacks in recent years and at least control the way things go. They have frustrated and actually got to Trevor Lawrence a couple of times. Pick six to Trevor Lawrence in recent games, knocked quarterbacks out of games. You go back to a few years ago on a Friday night that Syracuse defense didn't want to hear it about Clemson. They went in and knocked the starting quarterback out of the game, forced a backup quarterback to run the show, and the result was a loss. And I heard uh, you're going to chuckle, given what we know about Geno Smith now, but 10 years ago, West Virginia comes in here on a, I understand this is not this team in, in this situation or even this coaching staff, but the point being, Sometimes quarterbacks come in with a little too much buzz, a little too much hype, and we just get sucked into it as if it's not possible to stop this person. Geno Smith actually had a lot of buzz and hype and was getting that NFL draft conversation and ended up being in one of the worst NFL draft classes in in history in terms of the quarterback position. And yeah, good old Geno Smith became Geno Smith at the NFL level, but he was a really good college quarterback that got shut down by, at the time, Scott Schaefer and the Syracuse defense. So Malik Willis is worth every word that's been said about him, every syllable, every letter that has been written about him in terms of the kind of player he is. But let us not go into tonight thinking he's unstoppable. Now, he is absolutely the best quarterback Syracuse has played so far. That has not exactly been a murderer's row. He could be the best quarterback they face all year. DJ Uyungagale is struggling for Clemson. A lot of weight on his shoulders. They don't have a running game. Offensive line's terrible. 
at this point by Clemson standards. Phil Dracovic's out for Boston College. They don't get Sam Howell at North Carolina. Like You look up and down the row, you dodge a bullet by not playing Virginia, who's got a terrific quarterback. You look up and down the row of the quarterback Syracuse has to face. Malik Willis probably tops the list. But as Christian points out, he's got to face a real defense now when the player is going to spies every move. And look, every team does it, but Mikel Jones can do it. There's a difference there. Every team has to do it, but do you have a player that's actually capable of tracking down Willis, making a quick decision? Is he going to run or is he going to pass? Is he going left? Is he going right? Can you dodge a tackle? Can you cut through some shiftiness of the offensive line and and read a play action and and just be a heat-seeking missile? to, at the very least, throw off Malik Willis. If timing's off, if you're in his face, even if you don't tackle him, and he's certainly capable of tackling him when he's there. Because, look, I have been really, not that I'm the only one on this island here, but I don't think people realize how good Jones is. He is next in line. All those NFL scouts tonight that may have him on the list of, like, yeah, he's on our radar, I could walk away tonight really impressed and you know, when they're talking to their teams and making the reports, like, look, we got to move him up the list. It's that kind of game. For all the discussion of the Malik Willis show, this could be the breakout game for Jones that he really needs because he's facing a real NFL-level quarterback here. Not that I don't think he's on the level to play that way against other teams, but you watch the way this guy closes on tackles. He... Uh, tied for the lead in the country last year with four interceptions, can step back into coverage, how quickly he makes this decision. Every box score after the game, he's up in the lead in tackles. Every every box checked. His tackle rate, you want to get into some fancy PFF stats and, and analytics, like he checks every box. He's a special player. I think he's going to be one of the best linebackers in the country by the time it's all said and done. He's already one of the best linebackers in the ACC. He will be, in my opinion, first-team All-ACC at the end of the year, no matter what Syracuse's record ends up being. It is a fascinating matchup tonight. Now, Liberty can run the football, as we have discussed and we will discuss throughout the afternoon. Josh Mack, I'm sure, is pretty fired up to be back in Syracuse, a Rochester kid. He did not get to play in last year's game due to illness. And he has been a feature back for this Liberty offense. Liberty's good. They've got some talent. They've got some players. But I just think Syracuse has so many emotional elements going its way. Josh Black made sure to, on social media, he discussed it a little bit this week, pull out the tweet from last year, all the Liberty celebrations as if they had just won the Super Bowl by winning a game here. Look, that was a big deal. This is a really big deal for them to come in and win that game beating a Power 5 team, making a statement. They went on to go 10-1 and that year. It was at the time, and I think still feels this way, one of the most embarrassing losses by a number of measures for Syracuse football, no matter who was out of the game and injuries and everything they were going through last year. So there's a lot of intangibles there that are fueling this team. Friday nights create a certain energy in this town and in that building. So I think Syracuse has a lot of intangibles going for it, and that's all well and good. But once you kick off, it comes down to matchups, it comes down to coaching, and it comes down to do you have the personnel that can slow this kid down? 
And the answer to that is an emphatic yes. Because if Jones is spying Willis, that op- there's a guy on that defense that we don't talk about enough, and that's Stephon Thompson. How he benefits from the focus that's on Jones. How he can do both, defend the run, get in there on pass rush. Jeff Canton Arcua can get on, on the pass rush. Marlo Wax, I think, is an up-and-coming star at that position as well. And look, the three-three-five defense is designed to let the linebackers flourish. And you know what? They have to. It's not to say Josh Black can't have a good game up front. McKinley Williams can't have a game up front to assist in that pressure. Kingsley Jonathan will be back in the rotation tonight after getting a little bit of run on special teams last week. He's needed in this one because you don't have a choice in that matter because where there's a weakness here, and I know Garrett Williams is going to be back out there, and they're going to try and avoid him. As good as Deuce Chestnut has looked, he is still a freshman. And a good quarterback like Malik Willis, who can kind of close the gap on those throws, the throws that don't look like they're there, but he finds a way to get into that window, into double coverage. So, they're, as Albany did a little bit last week, they're going to pick on Deuce. And when you're missing a big-time impact safety, and that's no offense to Jason Simmons or Rob Hanna or any of those guys. Remember, Jihad Carter was out last week, and we'll see if he's still on the injury list this week. If that front line fails and there's going to be possessions that they do, that back line is not as locked down as it was, and not that it mattered against Liberty last year because what Liberty did last year is they just ran all over Syracuse. Malik Willis basically didn't have to throw the ball last year. I think I'm safe to think that Liberty is not going to rack up 338 rushing yards in this game. It's a different circumstance. It's a better team. It's a healthier team. It's a more emotional and motivated team. There's a crowd in the building. There wasn't last year. Like, I feel pretty safe. And think how ridiculous this sounds coming out of my mouth as it does. I feel pretty safe saying Syracuse isn't going to give up 338 rushing yards. So we got that going for us, which is nice. But they're not. They're not. So through all the matchups tonight, we're focusing on that part of it. I mean, the offense, look, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it, that this offense gets in a rhythm, steps up, has diversity in who gets the football in terms of the passing game. We know what Sean Tucker's capable of, but he can't do it himself. He needs backup. He needs a passing game to not only set up the run, but to make it easier on him. Liberty is well aware of the game he had last week, and they're going to focus in on him. But what we have come away from game after game in watching this offense is, again, that mentality. I'll believe it when I see it. They just find ways to fail. They find ways to get in their own way. They find ways to get into penalty situations. Or I just walk away game after game saying, what was the plan here? Albany, look, they put up 62 points in that game. They got some things going. Garrett Schrader got a a ton of time. Maybe there's a couple of wrinkles for him in the game plan tonight, we'll see. But as I brought up earlier this week, and I just eventually I think this game will will pick up its pace. But I think Syracuse needs to have a boring physical mentality tonight. What I mean by boring is just straight up in your face football. Not to say you can't run a couple of trick plays, do some razzle dazzle, but those don't win games. Eventually the game settles down, 
and you got to stare the other team in the eyes and say, no, this is my night, and I'm going to push you around a little bit. I was watching Rudy the other night, because Godwin Rudy's on, you can't flip past it. And there's just that, you know, that simple scene that's been played a hundred times when Rudy's last game there and they're in the locker room and the coach is like, nobody comes in our house and pushes us around. I think Syracuse has got to have that mentality tonight. You had your little party last year. You came in our house. You were playing a little song afterwards, and you got a big win, but, you know, it's go time. Let's see if you can do that again. And they've got a feature back that that can run down their throat, take some time off the clock, keep your big star quarterback off the field. They have a defense that can be physical, that can swarm to the football, hasn't been quite on the takeaway train that they've been in recent years, but they're always capable of it, and I think they're going to need at least three turnovers tonight to win this football game. There's a lot of intangibles. There's breakdowns in terms of matchups and X's and O's and all that stuff, but I think Christian made a great point in the article that he wrote, and it wouldn't stun me if no matter how this game swings, what we're, tech, what we're talking about afterwards is how Jones spied Willis, how he frustrated him, or how maybe Liberty anticipates that, takes him out of the mix, runs away from him, and doesn't make him a factor. Now, that's going to be really hard to do. So that's the matchup to watch tonight. There's always a surprise or two that will be out there. We, if, if this makes sense to say, we know of one surprise. Dino Babers has hinted at one surprise in that there are going to be some players out of this game, in his words, that will surprise us. They will not be at full strength for this one, per his radio program the other night. You know, we're banged up. I mean, Albany, Albany was banging. They were yeah. really out there hitting. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't sit here and tell you. I would I would be telling you the truth to tell you we're going to be at full strength. We're not going to be at full strength. We're going to be missing some cats that you guys are going to be like, oh, wow. And then, you know, we may have some guys back that you guys may say, oh, wow. But uh, it's going to balance. It's going to be some scales. There's going there's to be some surprises on both sides. So we'll keep an eye on that throughout the afternoon and into the evening, especially when the team gets out there for pregame warm-ups and starts going through the uh, motions to get ready for this matchup tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll, in this case, look to see who's not there. Got a surprise last week with Taj Harrison and Civvies in pregame warm-ups. Uh, who's on that list now? We got a little bit more of a heads-up from that in terms of what Dino Baber said there. We've got a lot to do on this football Friday, and we've got a football game on a football Friday. So as noted, we're going to do a couple other things this hour, including when we return. We're going to give you all that fantasy football advice you need, the kind of fallout from the Christian McCaffrey injury and what to do there, how to set your lineups for this weekend, get around the injuries, our friend Brian Drake will join us on the other side, give us some fantasy football advice. We'll do some hot takes and cover a couple of the other things happening on a busy sports weekend. Uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll kick it into pregame mode, and uh, we'll be all over Syracuse Liberty and the college football weekend ahead. So exciting. It's a football Friday, and there's a football game in town. So we'll keep it rolling when we come back. You're on the block ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. This is On the Block with Brent Ellis. Welcome back, friends. Great to have you here on the block. ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Del Lago. Oh, yeah, man. Entertainment's back at the Vine Showroom. Mega stars like Blake Shelton. Favorites like Michael Carbonaro, Stone Temple Pilots, Dashboard, Confessional. No matter what your show is, your show is waiting for you at the Vine. The full lineup and tickets 
are on sale now at DelLagoResort.com. Just go look at the website. Look at, we only named a few of them there. There's going to be a, a concert, an act, something, comedy, that you're like, okay, I'm, I like that. That's for me. So go do it at Del Lago Resort and Casino. DelLagoResort.com is the website, of course, uh, just right up the thruway, exit 41 between Syracuse and Rochester. So we'll kick it into full pregame mode here, top of the hour. Syracuse and Liberty as we get ready for a 8 o'clock kickoff tonight at 7. We'll kick it up to the quad with Stephen Fonte and James Mungro, and they'll be live right up until kickoff on QSportsTalk.com during the game. Our, 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 my friend, your friend, everybody's friend, Tommy Hogan, will be hanging out, watching the game with you. Right, Tommy? That's happening. Right, The rumor has it that uh, you're going to be chilling on the QSportsTalk.com, and we'll have views from Heritage Hill Brewhouse and Wildcat Pizza Pub and what the, the fans are doing at those places. Friday night, too, people will be rocking. Tommy's going to hang with you, and then all the post-game festivities uh, well into the night as Friday becomes Saturday morning. So it's all happening, folks, at QSportsTalk.com here on the radio, pregame, during the game, and postgame to follow. Let's sit on a couple other things happening here on the sports weekend first. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes. On the- one of those sports weekends, you just kind of bounce around. And as Syracuse football fans, we get the game out of the way tonight, so you can kind of, uh, you know, certainly enjoy the weekend, go apple picking. We were just talking to young Josh during the uh, Q Sports Talk break. He's going to the Bills game this weekend. I was looking for some advice on what to do in Orchard Park and the Ryder Cup's on, and then, of course, we've got uh, Yankees-Red Sox. Look, it all comes down to this, right? And we were going over the schedules yesterday and what's coming up down the stretch, but this is the one you want to get, right? The Yankees probably have to sweep this thing. They take two out of three, that's not bad, but they've got the tougher back end of the schedule. You want to bank as many wins here against the team you're chasing as you can. Garrett Cole stunk in his last start. He goes again tonight. Nathan Avaldi goes for the Red Sox. Over under nine runs on that one, by the way, if you're uh, looking for entertainment purposes only. Look, Sox have been good at Fenway. They're 49-29 at home. They seem to be kind of riding the ship in a lot of ways, but they do have some key injuries, right? Garrett Whitlock in particular, who fell out of the rotation, got into the into the bullpen, righted the ship in the bullpen. He's hurt now. They seem to be fixing some of those issues in the bullpen right now, but the Red Sox come in 8-2 and two in their last 10. The Yankees is looking a little hairy there for a while against the Rangers, but they've come in 7-3 and three in their last 10, and, and now it's go time. This is the team you're chasing. They get Toronto and Tampa Bay to finish out the season. The Red Sox get an easier path with Baltimore and Washington down the stretch. So can they take care of business at home? Knock the Yankees back even further. And I, I, the, the look, it's always juicy when the Yankees and Red Sox get together, especially with something on the line. Tommy and I are nervous. He's a Yankee fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. It feels, doesn't it feel like only one of these two gets in? If they both get in, we'll see how that plays out, and that'll be awesome if it happens, right, as October nears here. But it just feels like... I. I I don't know why. I just feel like Toronto's got one. They got a spot, and it's going to be either the Yankees or Red Sox that get in. 
I'd love to be wrong about that, right? But here we go. Can Garrett Cole recover? Can the Red Sox get solid pitching? I know, and their their bats quieted down for a while, but have kind of surged back here. I was I was just looking at a stat here. Where is it? Devers, who was on that AL MVP track for a while there, probably cooled off from that. But he's got thirty. What has he got? Thirty four homers, hundred and seven RBIs. Joey Gallo, thirty eight homers, seventy six RBIs for the Yankees. Weird things happen when these two get together. That's in play. Also in the backdrop That's of the sports weekend. It's going on as we speak. And, wow, someone's really fired up because I think Justin Thomas just drained a putt there. He's getting the crowd all riled up there at Whistling Straits. The Ryder Cup. I am so in on the Ryder Cup. I love the Ryder Cup. Especially when you get an environment like this. It feels like no matter where they go for the the Ryder Cup, and they were showing it's going to be at Bethpage in a couple of years. I can imagine that crowd and the Ryder Cup. But the Whistling Straits crowd, the <laughs> people in Wisconsin, man, they're there at 6 o'clock in the morning on the first tee, just going. They can drink a little bit in Wisconsin. Don't know if you've noticed that. The cheese heads are out. That course is absolutely gorgeous. If you were just watching this and didn't know this was in Wisconsin, you'd think it's on the ocean somewhere. You'd be like, oh, are they have Pebble this year? What a course. The wind is whipping. Team USA is up right now 3-1. to one. And these guys that play in the Masters, that play in the U.S. Open, that play in these pressure-packed tournaments, right, not even close to the level of pressure and energy that the Ryder Cup brings. There is still something about it. I get sucked in every year. You know, it's just good old-fashioned patriotism, Team USA. Can Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka get along for the weekend? And just, like, all these great storylines. You see, I mean, the shots we've already seen. Jordan Spieth hit a shot today. So I can't even describe it, but I'll, I'll try. He's, like, on the side of a really steep hill, and he is in, like, Vietnam. Okay, just long grass. I don't even know how he sees the ball. And he's, like, he's basically, like, tilting. Like he's, it looks like somebody turned the screen and he's like straight up and down. He hits a shot like two feet from the pin. And after he hit the ball, so just picture like he's up on a a big hill. After he hits the ball, his momentum carried him down the hill and he's like running down the hill, almost stumbles. And like if he didn't really like slow himself down, he'd have to run into the lake, into Lake Michigan, which borders whistling straights here. The wind is whipping on some of these holes. John Rahm is hitting on a hole right now. It's right on the water, and I don't know how he put that thing on the green because the flag stick is barely staying in the hole. What a shot he just hit, by the way. Holy cow. Whoa. John Rahm just had some backspin on a shot that is about two feet from the pin, so he's got an early birdie there. Europe is certainly going to take advantage of that. Wow. What a shot he just hit. So I'm in, man. I'm in on that. And then, of course, I will go over this more during pregame and get into some of the matchups in, in college football and the National Football League this weekend. But Notre Dame-Wisconsin. Wisconsin is the center of the sports world, right? The game is in Chicago, but Wisconsin being involved in one of the bigger matchups of the college football weekend. Notre Dame-Wisconsin, that game is at Soldier Field. That's a big college football game this weekend. Texas A&M, Arkansas, two 3-0 teams. Who saw Arkansas coming? at 3-0 in the SEC. 
Clemson goes to NC State, and is, is Clemson going to get their act together here? I mean, they're a 10-point favor in that game, but their offense has been terrible. We talked to David Hale from ESPN earlier this week and how the NC State fans have been chirping and they feel they deserve a little more respect, and that could be a huge swing game in the ACC. They can knock down Clemson. Rutgers goes to Michigan this week, two 3-0 and teams. We just saw Rutgers beat Syracuse at the Dome a couple weeks ago. I mean, Michigan's a 20-point favorite in that game. But can Rutgers, I don't know, perhaps cover the number in that one? I'm just pulling up the ACC schedule, too, because the ACC, NC State's playing Clemson, but the full conference slate doesn't kick in until next week. But who knows what awaits us in the ACC? Wake Forest, Virginia, that's a heck of a matchup there. Wake Forest comes out 3-0. and Brennan Armstrong for Virginia has just been, I mean, Sam Howell gets all the attention. DJ Uyunglele gets all the attention. But that kid is quickly rising up the charts as one of the more exciting players in the ACC, let alone college football. Missouri, B.C., Pittsburgh gets a break with New Hampshire. Virginia Tech hosts the old Richmond Spiders. So a lot of teams are kind of getting those non-conference games out of the way. Central Connecticut, Miami. Louisville goes to Florida State. Okay. Well, Louisville, of course, that got by on the hair on their chinny-chin-chin a week ago with a pick six. Florida State going to come into that Syracuse game 0-4. Is that where we're looking at? Kansas and Duke. And North Carolina, Georgia Tech, that's your uh, ACC slate besides Syracuse and Liberty. I would say of those matchups, um, that Wake Forest game, I think, is the key one there. I think that's the more intriguing game. But, you know, look, Syracuse gets the Friday night television crowd. Most people that are just, like, chilling on a Friday night, flipping around, watching sports. We mentioned some of the other things going on this weekend. But this is going to – it's on the ACC network. It's not on – ESPN or ESPN2, but people will come across this if they're looking for football. And as we're going to get into during pregame, the pride factor that's into this game, the revenge factor that's into this game, what Syracuse has to do to defend Malik Willis, frankly, what Liberty has to do to defend some things I think Syracuse is going to do in this game. Who are the players that are missing that Dino Babers has referenced? Because injuries have just been an unfortunate and consistent storyline. For Syracuse, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just been a consistent storyline for this team in recent years, last year being the extreme. A lot of juicy stuff with this matchup. So while I think Wake Forest and Virginia is the feature ACC matchup this weekend, a couple other intriguing games, Liberty's a team knocking on the door of the top 25. They're feeling good. They got a win over an ACC team last year, coming off that 10-1 year, but can Syracuse kind of take one back for the ACC here? If Liberty comes in and beats Syracuse for a second straight year, not that Syracuse really cares about this, but the perception will grow about just how bad the ACC is this year. So maybe Syracuse can get one back. Say, you know, we're a big boy Power 5 ACC team that should win a game like this at home, right? So we're going to get much more into that as we go here, and uh, we'll, we'll change the sign on the door from on the block to Syracuse football pregame coming up, and we'll take you until 7 o'clock tonight. A lot to do, a lot of football to get into. We'll break it all down as we continue here on the block, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe.
Very appropriate that uh, this would come up in the bump rotation today. It was, I want to feel old for those of you of a certain age that are out there uh, listening and watching on QSportsTalk.com. This album came out 30 years ago today. Iconic album, game-changing album. One of the greatest albums in the history of music and one of the more influential albums in the history of music. Never mind. 30 years old. Wowza! I'm feeling old myself. How about you? Those gray hairs got a little grayer. We are about to change the sign on the door. Because on the block becomes Syracuse football pregame here, presented by Ferron and Son Funeral Home, Pathfinder Bank, and Amtrak. So there is a lot to go over, Syracuse Liberty-wise. We're going to hear from Tommy DeVito. We're going to hear from head coach Dino Babers. We are going to hear from Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach Nick Pierce, who is the color analyst for the Liberty Radio Network. Malik Willis and company at the Dome. Three hours from kickoff, how the Orange game plans against him, what they have to do to kick things in gear off. On the offensive side of the ball, yeah, they did against Albany last week, but can they do it against a better team this week? What about Liberty in terms of the, the competition they've played? How much does that skew the view? Didn't even mean to rhyme there. How much does that skew the view of this game? They've Campbell, Troy, and Old Dominion. Right? Does that kind of inflate what Liberty's done so far? Or are they just that good? All of our questions will be answered in a few hours, but we will ask a few more of them and break this game down uh, throughout the afternoon, we will take you until 7 o'clock, and then we'll kick it up to the quad where Stephen Fonte and James Munger will be as the sun's going down. We are promised uh, what should be a heck of a light show with the new LED lights and uh, one of the new features of the renovated Carrier Dome. So get there a little early tonight. Check that out. You can actually see it on the outside as well. They were testing it earlier this week, and a lot of people caught that. So if you have a view of the Carrier Dome for where you are in central New York, if you're not at the game, then uh, go outside and check out the light show tonight uh will the show continue in terms of fireworks on the field we're going to break it all down when we come back syracuse football pregame is next stay right there